Hello, welcome to the Talking City podcast, the Manchester City podcast from the Manchester Evening News. We're still here, despite some attempts to get rid of us, uh, and we've seen City draw with uh, Liverpool in uh, a big top-of-the-table clash in the Premier League. It's one of them, I think, at full time, you think it was always going to be 1-1, but we'll di- dive into what happened. Uh, could City have won it? Is it dropped points? Is it a point gained? Uh, but we do know that the unbeaten run at home has come to an end. Uh, well, no, it wasn't unbeaten, wasn't it? It was winning. It was winning, 23 wins well, in a row. Still unbeaten. Do you know what? I've had a week off and <laughs> you'll be able to tell that I'm still a little bit rusty. Uh, I'm Joe Bray, joining me is Simon Bajkowski. I hope you're a bit more weak than I am. Uh, well, yes, but I wish I wasn't. But we, uh, we'll crack on, shall we? It's, uh, the weather's not open, isn't it? No, 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 it's what a Monday morning yeah. this is. But yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll crack on. We'll, uh, it was nice on Saturday. It was a, looked like a, a lovely oh, win- wintry day. so cold. I can't remember <laughs> a time the Etihad has been as cold as, as that for a, I would say like a year as in it's cold um, always at this time of the year, but it was particularly, particularly biting. And with it sort of being um, like 12.30 as well, not much recovery, game for these these guys um i can't imagine the weather helped the the players or the fans really yeah sometimes you hear about them saying that wet is good sometimes to yeah tackles it, flying in and that it's sort, sort of, thing. of um it's something that's so simple that it's often kind of written off but sometimes it is just as basic as you think about like well it, it does take it is harder to play when it's that bit colder mm-hmm. and you know Guardiola spoke after the game about marginal things, deciding things in football, and that is a marginal thing that may or may not have had an impact. Well, we know that Guardiola and Klopp were not happy at the the twelve thirty kickoff, but it's kind of been coming, hasn't it, with all the the off field issues and. Well, well, that's it. Like, yeah, if there were no off field issues, then maybe it would have been five thirty. Yeah. So, as much as the TV broadcasters don't help usually, and the sort of convenient bogeyman at all times it, I don't think it was them this time because I don't think Sky wanted the game at 12.30 um, but they had to have it there because the local advisory group said it wasn't safe to have it any later there wasn't any issues with it? no there weren't any issues so no, just, like you could see the police sort of really visibly walking down the streets into the ground so it was like it was it was a very big operation and, and yeah it seemed to have passed off without Without incident, the only um, sort of uh, minor flashpoint was when Alexander Arnold kind of celebrated in front of the City fans, um, which produced quite a few uh, nice images. But um, yeah, yeah, there was a bit of talk like, "Oh, is that inciting the crowd?" But it, it, you know, that was as uh, that's pretty tame if if that's as, as heated as it gets. Well, hopefully we can actually talk about the football in a City-Liverpool game, which is, it's been, it's always been a good fixture and it feels like the first game of the season is tighter than the second, if, if that's fair. And it was kind of like that. It was both teams really figuring each other out and not really wanting to make a mistake, I thought. Yeah, it was, um, it was strikingly different from the Chelsea game. Whereas Chelsea, from the off, it looked like both teams said, we've not got respect for you, we're tearing you apart. And both kind of went at each other. And Liverpool and City, it was a bit like, oh, we know how good you are. Oh, well, we know how good you are. So let's not, both teams, and both coming, you know, with a bit of weaknesses. City basically knowing we've nothing on the bench and Liverpool knowing we've been torn apart here too many times, not kind of wanting to go full throttle too early. And, and, And two different teams, you know, Liverpool are a different kind of, pressing machine than they 
used to be when they had sort of Mane and Firmino and those type of players up front and and City are, are different this season as well as we've known. So so yeah, it was a it was a different game and it, it was it's hard to say underwhelming mm-hmm. because like you say, the first meeting between these teams is often a bit more uh tight. But yeah, I don't think I don't think it was two teams at their best and the sort of the kickoff time and everything, I don't think it contributed to to a classic. I think they're both very happy to take a point. I think given where the table is, it's very tight at the top. Like you say, all those things, City have their injuries, Liverpool were still trying to, they're doing very well, but they're still trying to figure out their best team, I think. I think on the balance of play, City could have won um, and had the better chances to win. And I don't think there would have been any complaints from Liverpool if City had won. And you you got the soft goal uh, with the foul on Alisson. Uh, however, I don't think City can say that they did enough to win that Liverpool getting a draw felt unjust on, on City. It felt like as soon as Alexander-Arnold scored, it was always going to be a draw. There was yeah. neither team really wanting to commit and risk losing no, when no. they had a point. And certainly the way City had attacked in sort of the 70 minutes before that, you, you thought, well, they're going to have to step it up in the final 20 minutes and they didn't have any options off the bench. So it was it was tired legs trying to do something that they hadn't done all game. So it, the odds were against it. And yeah, 1-1 felt quite expected. You mentioned the disallowed goal. I was in a bar full of other football fans and who don't necessarily like City at all, but yeah. everyone was completely... Like nobody knew why it had been disallowed. And it's, it's one of those rules, isn't it, where if there's any pressure on the keeper, it's a foul. And I, I really don't like that rule, but yeah, I think and then it, was, it was harsh. Every so often you get a goal that is given yeah. like that and you get sort of half the room saying, well, fantastic, is a goal. And the yeah, other half yeah. saying, well, 99 times out of 100, that's not given. So why has it been given this one time? Um, yeah, I thought it was extremely soft to be ruled out. Um, or under the current VAR rules where they want to give more pressure to the referee. Uh, uh, not pressure, but like responsibility. And they want to back him up more. He's saying, I've seen something on the keeper. Yeah. There is something on the keeper, even if it's incredibly soft and not even enough to knock him down, never mind send him sort of spiralling into the net, clutching his foot. But um, yeah, it, it was... It, it, it was very soft, but like Ake said after the game, you know that that wasn't the reason for the draw. It might have been the reason for a win because yeah. two 0 I'm not sure Liverpool are coming back, and hopefully they did anywhere near enough to score two goals. Um, but after it wasn't given, it's kind of like, yeah, you've still got a lot of time yeah. to affect the game. My first thought was the goal against Fulham, where Kanji got very very lucky, and they admitted the goal shouldn't have standed, it yeah. shouldn't have stood. So you've got one where Kanji's got lucky in City have scored and one where he's got unlucky and they've not scored so it could be an example of them even himself yeah out. well we keep getting told by other sets of fans yeah. how, how City get decisions that no other club does yeah. so um, one, to, one to bank for a situation and if both had been right then City probably would be two points better off so well, that's another one for yeah it was refreshing as well that it wasn't the big talking point after the game you didn't yeah. like Guardiola didn't bite about it he didn't use yeah. it as an excuse and I don't like so much scrutiny on um, referees before a game like at risk of sort of pontificating on journalism more widely um, I don't 
kind of like like every team is going to have had an issue with a ref before a game. Yeah. Like it doesn't need dredging up. No need to sort of guess uh, who the referee supports. I saw before the game, Chris Kavanaugh was a City fan. Chris Kavanaugh was a United fan. Chris Kavanaugh was a Liverpool fan. Like it done. A, it's irrelevant to his job. Um, or if it was relevant, then it would have been sort of noted. But also, you know, just put so much pressure on him to get the right decisions. And I thought he had an excellent game and no one was talking about him after the game, which is credit to him. And we probably don't give enough credit to referees and VAR when um, they do most of the things right. I thought it was a soft goal. To, I thought it was soft to rule out the the Diaz goal, but like you say, it's always given and everyone always gets antsy about it, but it, it happens. Goalkeepers are overprotected by referees. Um, so it, there was nothing kind of too incredible about the disallowed goal. Um, so overall, I thought he and his team had a very good game. No, yeah. If we carry on this podcast, we can have a, a praising referees section of uh, how well they ref did. Which, uh, yeah. Before we go on to the part two, we saw John Stones back in the squad on the bench, but then Pep says he needs a bit more time. Didn't have any. Didn't have Jack Grealish. It was a bit of a an odd team sheet, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, I think it was kind of the team. It was kind of the eleven that you were expecting, albeit with the late news that Grealish was out. Docky was obviously gonna going to start um, but then there was just kind of nothing nothing behind it you know with Nunes and Kovacic out um, and Grealish and De Bruyne and Stone's not really fit enough to play a part um, you know City were look if City wanted to change the game they basically had Calvin Phillips or Oscar Bob which is uh, however Doku, Foden, Alvarez might be playing. If they're not playing as well as you might want them to, they still might be playing better than you think Oscar Bob or Calvin Phillips could play. Especially in a game like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I, it, it felt in the second half like City drifted. Like they were 1-0 up and they were like, right, let's play through this. And they, they were still playing, but the... There wasn't that kind of, it, it felt like it needed some fresh impetus, but they didn't have any fresh impetus to give. Liverpool made five subs, so they, it was constant changing from Liverpool and let's see if this works, let's see if this makes a difference. And, and, and it did, and City just didn't have that. And that is the, the state of the squad, it's a reality. Um, had they had Stones able to play or others able to play, then, then they might have won the game. And this was after an international break where we saw half the team get injured and you still had Haaland back, you still had Rodri back, Nathan Ake had missed it, he was back. So it was it could have been worse. But that but that's the thing, he's sort of interesting for Leipzig now on Tuesday because it's sort of, you know, he will rotate, but who actually can he rotate? I missed Rico Lewis out earlier. So Lewis is playing against Leipzig and he's and gets kind of more important by the minute. But um it's not like you can say, oh, well, we'll give Rodri. Yeah, you, could, you could you could rest Rodri, but you can't rest most of your players. 
yeah. um, because there aren't actually the options to come through. Mm-hmm. Well, save that for part three when we talk about Leipzig. Uh, we'll be back shortly with part two where we go a little bit deep into a couple of uh, individual performances against Liverpool. Hello, welcome back to the Talking City podcast. Uh, City won, Liverpool won at the weekend. A couple of uh, interesting performances. Pep was very, very uh, full of praise for Manu Akanji, wasn't he? Uh, he played in the sort of John Stones role coming into midfield. He's done it sort of well and not well in the past, hasn't he? I'm thinking the Champions League final, he creates the goal. But other times I've not been as convinced of him coming forward, but yeah. this was a better. Yeah, and certainly before the international break at Chelsea, it just didn't work. Um, he came forward and he struggled and Chelsea had loads of joy going past him. And in the second half, they sort of said, you know what, forget that, just play at the back. And he was a lot happier and City were happier. So it was interesting that kind of City persisted then with pushing him up against Liverpool. Um, and he did really well and he looked really good alongside Rodri. Um, you know, both of those players kind of controlling the middle spaces and um, turning out of situations very, very well. Um, is one of those, has he kind of learned or is it sort of specific games and specific situations and in some games he's going to be really good and some games he isn't and it's not necessarily going to be possible to know beforehand whether he is or, or he isn't. But, you know, Guardiola was delighted with him and and sort of said he's he's an option now in in defensive midfield in in a way that he he wasn't before that Liverpool game. So he's obviously done enough to to convince him that that yeah he can he can play that role while Stones is out. And I mean Stones is back, but they want him to rest for perhaps one or two more weeks. So big game against Spurs at the weekend. Big game against Villa next midweek. It doesn't sound like Stones will be playing in those games necessarily. So um, a big chance and test for Akanji to to um, show that he can do that. Although if Lewis plays well in that role against Leipzig, then he might force his way in as well. It just gives them more options, doesn't it? Because we've, we've seen the, the right back inverted inside the left back. Now it's the centre back, but it, that was only Stones who could do it. And if you can have Akanji not doing it as well, but doing it to a good level that Guardiola's happy with. And he, he can pick and choose the games where he yeah. can let Akanji do it. It just increases the options, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and also just, again, just shows how good Akanji has been since he arrived. Like, <coughs> he's just able to pick up anything, basically. Yeah. And, and it's not like they have long on the training pitch or anything to do these things. He's just able to sort of process that information and um, and turn it around. Yeah, he was he, he was one of, probably one of his best performances at City. We saw Nathan Ake come in at left-back. He's sort of been second choice at left-back this season, hasn't he? Guardiola's yeah. been preferred there. So I was, I was surprised for two reasons, because Guardiola has started all the big games so far at left-back, but also we thought Ake was injured. So how did Ake do? He got the, a very good assist, I thought, to Jink uh, inside. Yeah, he was really good. You were watching him and it... I, um, turned someone about 15 minutes in and I was like this feels like Ake from last season and and that in itself is a bit unfair because it feels like Ake's contributions from last season have kind of been 
diminished a bit like Grealish's habits. Like people have just forgotten how good a left back he was in keeping Salah quiet, keeping Saka quiet. Um, and he kept Salah quiet almost all game. And it's it's a real shame for him because it wasn't it wasn't like he got done for the goal or anything. It was just that Salah found a bit of space and was able to pass to to Alexander Arnold, who came up with a really good finish. But um, but basically, Salah tried to go and go at Ake and just didn't get didn't get anywhere. Um, and then also, yeah, had the the intelligence to get the ball down. Liverpool were just kind of like all over the place when Alisson took that goal kick. Yeah, it was like they all waited for it to go 50 yards further forward and didn't know what to do. So that like two Liverpool players are like, why is Nathan Ake dribbling past me? Because Salah should have it up there. And Ake just waltzed past them, laid in Haaland. Um, and, and that was <clears throat> one of the few times all game really where Haaland got the service that he wanted. He like so many times he made really good runs behind the Liverpool centre backs, and whoever was kind of on the ball didn't either ch- chose another option or couldn't provide that pass. Whereas you know Ake was the one who got the assist, which is unlikely, isn't it? But yeah, um, yeah. No, I thought uh, I thought Ake was very good. It just gives them more options now at left back. It was quite an interesting. Uh, we were just chatting before we started. Jeremy Doku. Yes. He got more headlines for his dribbles all game. Everyone saying how good he was. Was he man of the match in? He was man of the match inside the stadium, yeah. Yeah. But you're not convinced he had his best game? <laughs> no, no. I gave him a six out of 10, which um, prompted shock and horror and disgust from uh, quite a lot of colleagues, actually. Um, yeah, it was a strange one because it felt like City got the ball to Doku more than they ever have. And the tactic so often was just get it to Doku and let him exploit, which we kind of said before the game, like Alexander-Arnold has his deficiencies defending. Doku can can take him on and he's in on the centre-backs and uh, can create a real chance. And I, I just felt that for all Doku had he didn't do enough to test Alisson's goal. Now, it was a decent layoff to Alvarez when Alvarez should have done better and hit over on his right foot. And it was a a decent ball in to Haaland when Alisson made the save just before Liverpool scored. But like, for his 11, um, you know, completed dribbles, what, what has he got to show for it? Like... I can't remember a shot he had. There were so many times I sort of saw him with one defender or open sight of Alisson's goal. The the end product wasn't there for me. And Is that a sign that he's doing sort of what Grealish did, where he's trying to decide what to do in the right situation, what Guardiola would want him to do? Well, to play devil's advocate, I think if Jack Grealish put in the performance that Jeremy Doku did, everyone would be saying, Jack Grealish has got no end product. Why aren't we? He's not. He doesn't test the goalkeeper enough. He doesn't put the balls into the box. Why aren't we playing Doku? Whereas Doku's had that performance and a lot of people have said, that is amazing. That is a brilliant performance. Man of the match. And it's an interesting insight into an interesting topic and 
you know, there isn't a right answer. I suspect my view is probably seen as more wrong than right. Um, but I, like I watched Match of the Day back and you barely see Doku. So it's like, well, fantastic. You've done 11 dribbles. Well done. No one's ever done that in a few years. But like, and you've, you've beaten Alexander Arnold seven times. I think he beat him. Congratulations. How many of them led to a goal? Well, none. And Alexander Arnold went and scored, right? So who's had the better game? Well, that was it. I think Alexander Arnold was, I think, Sky's man of the match. Or yeah, he, was, he certainly yeah. got Gary Neville saying he's, he could be the best right back in the world, but defensively, yeah. not the best. But then all around, he had probably a better game than most people on the pitch. Yeah, and if you can, it, it didn't. It never felt like Alexander Arnold got sort of properly skinned in 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 the way that sort of the winger isolates the fullback, takes him on, beats him, and he's in the box yeah. with sort of all of his options presented to him. I mean, you know, Liverpool were very good defensively covering, but the, Liverpool didn't allow those situations to present themselves, or Doku didn't sort of do those situations. And, you know, Doku, the, the, the spotlight on Doku shouldn't take the focus on away from, say, thought Alvarez had his poorest game of the season. Foden wasn't brilliant either. Um, and then you've also, behind them, you've got, um, well, Bernardo Silva, sort of, who, who played really, really well. But Pep said afterwards, like, um, Bernardo Silva and Alvarez cannot get the ball to Haaland or out wide like Kevin De Bruyne and Ilkay Gundogan can. And that is no slight on them to say, well, you're no De Bruyne, but they're not. And if City had had a De Bruyne or a Gundogan in the game, able to feed Haaland when he was crying out for the ball so often, um, it could have been a routine win. But they didn't. And Doku had the, had the majority of the ball and wasn't involved in setting up any goals and you can say oh well Alvarez should have scored and he it wasn't that it was a decent chance it was one of City's best chances it wasn't amazing I don't think the XG on it was that high um, and the same with Haaland's um, effort in the box so yeah I thought he was okay I love watching him play but I didn't think his um, his dribbles necessarily led to enough I think it's it's understandable if he's performing better against the weaker sides and not doing as much in a game in terms of end product against the bigger sides because he's, he's, what, 21? He's still yeah. learning. I think if everyone was fit, like you say, De Bruyne would be in, Stones would be in, Grealish would be in, I think, in, in a game like that. And that's a completely different side with a lot more control. And then you can bring on Doku at the end when you've just conceded. Yeah. And that's yeah, a completely yeah. different game. So You know, or, or start him. You know, nothing against starting him. I thought he, he, he merited his start. Um, but after 70 minutes of not really generating much, maybe you take him off then and bring Grealish on then and say, do something for the last 20 minutes. Um, because Liverpool had clearly done their homework on Doku. And while the record books will state that Doku got a, a high of successful dribbles... The record books will also so say Jeremy Doku had no say in a goal 
So for, for Liverpool, it's job done. I think he, he will do less in a game in terms of these stats and get more yeah. goals and assists. Well, uh, his last game against Bournemouth, he got a goal and four assists. And it's not to say that it should be all about goals and assists, but I, I just think it, it shouldn't all be about dribbles either because, you know, you don't get any points for them. Going to disappoint the fantasy football managers <laughs> all over the place there. Um, well, I think that's almost everything from the uh, City-Liverpool game and uh, City are back in action on uh, Tuesday against Leipzig. And uh, we'll be back after this break just to discuss whether there's any point following that game at all. Hello, welcome back to the Talking City podcast. Uh, before we get into Leipzig, Pep had a little bit of a go, did he, about the atmosphere? He was asking for, for a bit more, but I think it all comes down to, again, the, the 12.30 kickoff. Yes, so there's a few things to this. Um, the atmosphere wasn't great. The home fans weren't great. The away fans weren't great. I think you can put that down to 12.30 and also time in the season when everyone... Yeah. Feels like there's a bit less to that. Uh, um, the home fans thing is partly a 12.30 thing and partly you've seen a lot of people saying um, they're sort of selling their tickets or giving their tickets back to the club if they can't go and the club are sort of selling them on to, um, you know, sort of newer fans who pay a lot for the ticket and pay a lot for merchandise while they're there but aren't necessarily as familiar with um, the with their parts playing in the atmosphere and things like that um, which doesn't you know which helps the club generate money but doesn't necessarily help the atmosphere um, the other thing you've got is that we are you know City and Etihad and atmosphere is this sort of circle of doom that never ends um, and it partly never ends because Pep is often seen calling for more and he does but just because he calls for more doesn't mean it's terrible because yeah. he calls for more for Kevin De Bruyne and he calls for more for Merlin Haaland when he scored three goals Pep is going to call for absolutely everything he can do um, to try and and win a game and he calls for more than any other manager calls for which is why he's won more than any other manager and so it, it can get a bit annoying to always see sort of City and attendances in the headlines and a lot of it is um, because Pep has done something or Pep has said something but you know Pep is doing or saying something because he's treating the fans as he does his players just like he did last year against Tottenham yeah. with his happy flowers run yeah, and he, he included yeah. the fans in everybody else that he was he was saying we need more from. Yeah, but uh, like principally against Tottenham it was the players not protecting Rico Lewis and but all, yeah, but also the because then the fans fans booed at half time against Tottenham and I think it was a a broadcast interview after a few days later and he said he preferred the booing fans to the one who just sat there and did, and were ambivalent because yeah. he wants a reaction, he wants something. Um, and he was asked about the fans after the Liverpool game and said, yeah, it happens sometimes, you know, the team do more to, uh, need to do more to engage the fans. Um, so I think, it, 
yeah, it, it, it's one of those things, and I don't think it should be turned into a into a big issue. Or City have got a problem with atmosphere. Um, it it was just one of those things where the whole day felt a bit flat. Like I was I was expecting more noise from City, but I was expecting more noise from Liverpool as well, and. Um, yeah, it's just kind of it. It it was very early. It was very cold. Like it's not ideal for the players. It's not ideal for fans to to get up for a game like that. I got the impression as well that it, it was a point in the game where he wanted more from City. But yeah. as we've discussed, they were getting a bit tired. There was no one on the bench. So what does he do? Like, yeah, can the fans yeah. give them a boost as well? Yeah, exactly that. It was at the start of the second half and so he had not started the second half with any great purpose or direction. It was like autopilot and Liverpool looked to be um, gaining a bit of traction. You know, Pep is in the dugout when he sort of skulks about and asks for something and then he sort of gets angry and yeah. calls for more from the fans yeah because he, he can do that um so yeah it was it, it wasn't a great atmosphere it might be better against leipzig or is does the fact that sit here well that's the thing i haven't said oh it's one of those things it, it's gonna be cold again there's not gonna be much to play for yeah i think i think they will struggle to make it a good atmosphere against leipzig um you know we'll get a light show and it'll be Far superior to any light show you see at Old Trafford. Flicking the lights on and off. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a struggle because there's nothing on the game. City need a point. They will get a point. If they don't get a point, they'll get a point at well, three at Red Star Belgrade. So it's um, it, it's very hard to get excited and motivated. And, you know, certainly if City score early or are in control of the game, it, it's... Yeah, there's not much, not much at stake at all, um, and it, and because of the the size of the squad and the injuries and not everything like that, it, it's not like you can even say, oh, it's a good chance to see X play or Y play, like because it, it, it's probably going to be a very similar strong team. I'm just trying to get on the table. Leipzig qualified. Because um, if they've got nothing to play for, it just feels like both teams would just well, shake yeah, on a draw I before mean, a kickoff. They need, they need to beat City to still have chances of topping the group. So they have something, yeah. But they know they're in the last 16, so yeah. I, I do get the impression that it's going to be a bit of a possession. Yeah, well, I think I said on... I said last week, like, I had more confidence that City would win at home to Liverpool than I did Leipzig, because Leipzig kind of feels like... Both teams kind of say, all right, we'll just have a draw and and move on in our schedules. Um, but doesn't doesn't mean to say maybe we'll see a reaction to dropping points on Tuesday, but it does feel like there's, there's very little excitement around the game. We know that Rico Lewis is going to play. Pep said that. We can probably assume Gvardiol's going to come in. Do you think anyone else is going to going to move around do you, do you rest Haaland for this one he's had a couple of couple of niggles in international break I think Haaland will start I think it might be a good game to give Alvarez a rest yeah. because he he did look really off it on on Saturday and it, it was just sort of like summed up City's international window that um, you know so many players had pulled out or whatever and stayed in Manchester and apart from Alvarez who'd gone around the world done his usual thing and was still expected to to start at 12.30 so I think 
it might be a good game to see Alvarez. And, and it, you know, Oscar Bob is good enough to be given a start in, in a game like this and should be given starts in games like this, really, where, you know, there is still something to play for and, and you can shine in a strong team around you because there there isn't the, the space to make that many changes. So, um, yeah, maybe Bob for Alvarez might be one to see. Do you think if we see Lewis, do you think it'll be the number eight position like it was in Germany or back at right back or left back like he played for England? Yeah, I think it will. Well, I think he'll spend a long time opposite um, alongside Rodri. So I think he will be given the chance to play that that role. Um, but whether it's from fullback or dropping in from midfield, probably from fullback. Um yeah, it also feels like one where you can let Walker have a, a yeah, off. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Especially bring Guardiol in, and you've got Ake Kanji Diaz, two of those. So um, yeah, I think Lewis should should come in and let Walker have a, a rest because again, he's played a lot of minutes. <laughs> and we can see Calvin Phillips for twenty minutes at, at the end. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you still don't think he can start? I don't. I wouldn't say. No, it's one of those where there, there is so little riding on it, but there's probably enough riding on it for Guardiola to say. And Leipzig are a side that can turn yeah, it over in midfield. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, the second best team in the group. So um, I think Rodri will start and there's um, there's five days isn't there, from Tuesday to Sunday till the next game. So the, the, there is enough recovery time for these guys to play. Um all three games if they want to and most of them will probably have to play the three yeah can I get a score prediction I will say 3-1 to City oh, I'm, not, I'm not seeing goals in it I think 1-1 one, one, I think similar to, to the weekend I think they'll just both be happy for a point yeah. but uh, and that's all City need isn't it so. yes yeah and that is the the big thing that you know Guardiola has been shouting about and if you can then go to Serbia with nothing to play for yeah. ahead of the Club World Cup after a difficult period in the Premier League. Yeah, it, it would, would be... Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not kept up to date on the Youth League, but if there were a situation which might not be far off, can City go through if they win tomorrow in the Youth League? I think they're through, but they need to the confirm top, top spot and yeah. go straight to the last 16 rather than last 32. Yeah, yeah. But if they could potentially box that off tomorrow... Yeah then it would be really exciting if Guardiola was able to try out some younger players in Belgrade because when Newcastle came in the the Carabao Cup, there was no chance to because they just weren't ready. But, you know, maybe like Mike Hamilton's been around training and a few matchday squads and things like that. So, yeah, that would be that would be a, a real bonus for the group. But I, I was in Leipzig for the for the youth game, and uh, that's the only one that they've not won, I don't think. But they were Leipzig did give City a, a, a tough game, so that'll be a good one in the in the youth league as well. Um, that's it for now. I'm, uh, we'll apologise for the noise outside. There's a bit of building work, so if you can hear that, uh, if you can hear us over that, then uh, hopefully that's good news. Uh, you, can, you know where we are. We're on Twitter, Facebook, well, whatever Twitter's called, YouTube, uh, everywhere that you would expect to find us. Uh, TikTok as well. You can uh, you can find us there. Uh, we're off to the press conference and the training to see who's fit and who isn't uh, ahead of Leipzig. Uh, we'll have all the coverage as usual, and uh, we'll be back, uh, I believe, before the Tottenham game uh, to uh, look back on what's happening against Leipzig and uh, look ahead to Tottenham. Thanks for joining us.